0: Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co host, Cory Len of Corey's Digs. We have a special guest today, Miriam Hanain, and we are going to talk all about a lot of things, including mass formation, how it's being weaponized, how they are also weaponizing a sort of mental health emergency and Miriam we're going to talk about something that you've been inlo- involved with um Shadowland a documentary and you can break that down for us and everything that's happened but um so how are you guys doing today
1: Doing pretty good doing good so i was i <laughs> i literally texted Miriam oh. good friend a couple hours ago and was like you got to get on our podcast with us to go over this because the whole topic of today is there's there's a whole industry being created on psychedelics and i i can see where this is going and then there's the whole you know extremists uh violent extremists right-wing conspiracy theorists massive campaigns rolling out on this and i i just i'm seeing all these dots connect and then of course shadowland released last night so i said all right we got to bring Miriam on investigative journalist brilliant journalist and uh, get into that in the second half of this. So tell, tell people a little bit, uh, for those who might not already know you, Miriam, tell people a little bit about, um, what you've worked on. Cause you have, you have an incredible background.
2: Thank you. I want to start by saying that I'm honored to be here. I've told you this Corey, but to sharp edge that I was, I escaped to Costa Rica when the pandemic hit because I've been covering, vaccines and medical freedom since 2012. So I would listen to your report every Friday, and think to myself, wow, I'd love to speak to, to these ladies. (laughs) I'm sure I would get on with them because I'm very detail oriented. And I really appreciate Mm -hmm. people that pay attention to details in this mediocre, mediocre world. So I'm, I'm a real journalist, I say not a prostitute or a parrot. I hail from Montreal, Canada. I was living in California for 23 years. I was in L.A. and then um, I moved to San Francisco. And then when this pandemic hit, uh, I've been covering Corona every day for 12 hours um, for an entire year. I directed the film Vanishing of the Bees. And as of late, I'm working on a book and a documentary on the truth behind George Floyd. And I also look at Charles Lieber and transhumanism. I I study transhumanism and, and I feel like I'm studying the past to learn our real history, trying to stay in the present and then also anticipate what these global <laughs> elitists have in store in the future, which I'm sure you both can relate.
1: Oh, yes. That's Absolutely. a great way to put it. Yeah, you've you've done some phenomenal phenomenal work. Some great oh, articles people need to check out over on Activist Post, and you have your own website. And you also have what I, I always forget the title. The you have a medical background. I, yes, medicine. I forget
2: to tell people that I'm I'm not a, a practitioner, but I'm a functional medicine coach and consultant through the Institute of Functional Medicine. I tell people that I'm 49 years old, that I've reversed lupus. When I was 29, I was hit by an SUV and dragged 50 feet across the oh. cement. And now I'm working closely. A lot of my um, clients are people who've taken the jab from hell. And oh. I, I help them um, with a the protocol and tests and, and just being a coach and consultant. So, yeah, I have Honey Colony, which has been attacked by the government. (laughs) Part of Operation Quack Hack. Quack Hack is the actual name of an operation by the FDA, FTC, DOJ, that came after hundreds of people, including Genesis Church, Mark Grenon, and his sons are still in jail. And so I give them a shout out under this operation. Anyone that dared to say that there's preventative ways to deal with the Rona.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Wow. So, so, so much. And I know that our research has oftentimes overlapped. So it's great when we talk because we're right in sync on the same page with a lot of these fun characters out there and they they have, they've come at you hard. I mean, you have been censored more than most people I know. So like, I don't even think you can get an Uber if you wanted one. (laughs)
2: no i I'm off um I say you know it's one thing to to censor like Andrew Tate, really are you really censored? They've come after my bank accounts, and it's it's one thing to be censored and another thing when they attack your livelihood and they digitally try to assassinate you right. and I, they even removed me from Amazon, so I have mm-hmm. ebooks on Amazon, but I myself, not that I support Bezos but you know, around a a pandemic, it was convenient. And and I admit that I I still I use a friend's account, but I'm not on Amazon.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into all the fun stuff we're going to talk about. And then we'll we'll get to uh, Shadowland. So this will this will be a very interesting podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say on each of these topics. And by the way, I'm so glad to have you on and meet I'm a like minded individual yeah. like you. So, this is great. Thank so, you. first, we have up the World Economic Forum cites compliance with COVID mandates to promote climate change lockdowns. Okay, so just recently, the World Economic Forum admitted that COVID was just a test. Of compliance, (laughs) and it was basically their beta test to see how well the masses would comply.
1: Which which we knew, but the fact that they're admitting that is is a little uh wow,
0: wow, exactly (laughs) right. With these most ridiculous mandates and violations of personal freedom, and they declared this in an article just recently posted, um, bragging about it and talking about pretty much the next steps and how they're going to transition from the COVID emergency to now the climate emergency, of course, right? Yeah, we and knew that
1: was coming. So
0: here we have them actually stating um, that the uh, our world is transforming, right? Okay, we've created this transformation. And here's three specific areas. Number one being COVID was the test of social responsibility. Uh-huh. A huge number of Unimaginable restrictions for public health were adopted by billions of citizens across the world. There were numerous examples globally of maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, mass vaccinations, and acceptance of contact tracing applications for public health, which demonstrated the core of individual social responsibility translation we got billions of people to comply to ridiculous mandates and violations of personal freedom and yeah. covid was the test now we're ready to move on what are we ready to move on to well they're talking about my carbon this isn't an initi- initiative to track and trace every single person's carbon Usage or emissions, or however you want to say it, but everything (laughs) from personal carbon for food, transport, home, and energy, lifestyle choices, they want to track and trace it all. And of course, just as they're using COVID as a test, they want to, they don't say it directly in this article. They want to make it sound as though it's all voluntary, but they did reference COVID and the mandates that were enforced on billions of people. So it seems to me they're. Uh, admitting here that that they want to do the same sort of ridiculous types of mandates under the guise of a a, uh, climate emergency by tracking and tracing everybody's carbon emissions.
1: And then they'll roll out the blockchain and you won't have any choice but to be tracked because then it'll roll into the banks and the CBDCs. And they always start out with a volunteer program because they need to get a basis to use in the media to say, look, they're all doing it. Look, we got 30,000 people on board. They're loving this. And then they interview fake people and say, how much do you enjoy this new app? And how handy is this? And how great is this? So yeah, But
0: this, of course, has people wondering, do we have COVID lockdowns on the horizon? Because just as they're referencing how COVID was a test, of course, you know, in the initial phases of that test, that beta test, there were lockdowns. And you can see how they're sort of gearing up for that. And this is nothing new, because even since 2020, there have been rumblings and rumors and articles and talks about how there should be climate lockdowns. I mean, this article here was down from done in 2020, Mm -hmm. talking about what a climate lockdown would look like. Um, (laughs) Under a climate lockdown, governments would limit private vehicle use, Mm -hmm. ban consumption of red meat and impose extreme energy saving measures, while fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling. To avoid such a scenario, we must overhaul our economic structure and do capitalism differently. Many think of the climate crisis as distinct from the health and economic crises caused by the pandemic. But the three crises and their solutions are all interconnected. No, duh. They are all interconnected because they are all leading to the same agenda. It's all a a power grab. However you look at it, whether it's climate or COVID or economic, whatever the case, it's all driven towards this one goal, right? But. Yeah, so um, it just makes me think about how this is already happening because, you know, we we talked about, I think it was like last week um, uh, and the week before that, about how in Colorado, whether it's the government controlling your thermostat or whether it's in California with these um, threats of rolling blackouts and the restrictions on the energy usage there. Meanwhile, over in Europe, they're having dealing with much, much harsher restrictions. So we're kind of already seeing those mandates trickle and roll out, aren't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait to get every time I hear about getting rid of the red meat, I can't wait to get to my darn article that's been on the back burner about food because I'm just going to blow these idiots out of the water on that one. What were you going to say, Miriam?
2: I was just saying, yes, COVID was training wheels to make us obedient to stay locked down and the smart meters, the smart thermostat. Imagine if you, oh, I want to put some AC on because I'm, I'm hot and you, you're doing it in a time when you're not supposed to, well, your social credit score will yep. be impacted. And I think that's what's happening in, say, in California. They're training the people, oh, between four and nine, you need to shut off your electricity and contribute to this communal Hegelian climate change agenda.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we roll out electric cars everywhere because that'll help,
2: right? And this
0: actually feeds into sort of the main topic, which is this um, sort of mental health emergency or this weaponization of mass formation. Um, and and what I guess what I'm trying to say here is that you know the World Economic Forum credits the ability. dupe and control billions of people and um, to you know so so we're seeing just the extension of that in various forms it doesn't matter if it's COVID or if it's climate or if there's war or an economic it's just a perpetual state of emergency Mm -hmm. and we are turning part of the public or the the on to the minority who are the critical thinkers who go against the authoritarianism
1: oh yeah they're 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 coming at us hard um as as miriam will attest to uh so so here's what i want to say about the whole Mm mouse formation psychosis thing was rolled out there um to weaponize against us. It's not about the people with cognitive dissonance. It's about the people that are trying to report on the truth and they're using it to justify future actions against us. So they want people to believe that we are, you know, right-wing extremists, that it's dangerous and that we have, if you read like what you have pulled up here by the European Commission, uh, conspiracy theories and right-wing extremism, insights and recommendations for PCVE. And so how this reads is is just unbelievable. And if you copy sentences from it and do a search, you'll see this has been republished everywhere. Now we already know Gates and Rockefellers and others are are funding campaigns to fight against conspiracy theories and misinformation and everything, but they are literally stating that we have a mental health condition, that this is psychological, and this is how we deal with trauma by having to create these stories because we're not able to cope. And therefore, we are a danger to society, and we are becoming extreme and violent, and we're putting out false information. Meantime, we look at these places like California and now Illinois with the whole uh, non bail situation, and people can trespass and second degree murder and you name it, and we're going to have the purge rolling out uh why are they emptying all the cages i can't help but wonder are they who are they emptying them for, and what about the mental health facilities if you start looking into some hospitals that are converting over to mental health facilities and so this is a very very targeted agenda that people need to pay attention to when they are trying to share this mass formation psychosis stuff that is to target us Mm -hmm. it's it's it was rolled out to be weaponized against us we are all individual people and they have the ability to individually target us yes again as Miriam will attest to I'd like to
2: add something here too yeah so Under this Operation Quack Hack, when Trump talked about swallowing detergent and then they went after Mark Grenon, Genesis Church and chlorine dioxide, Um, they recently extradited him from Colombia and they they uh, sent him to three three northeast Miami detention. But in the past three weeks, they literally have taken him to a psychological psych ward prison where they're evaluating his mental health after two years of don't you know my mental health Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: forcing them to take tb shots and that there's plenty of people lined up and let's say drooling taking meds but a lot of people in there like j6ers who are being questioned on their uh, their mental health and they're being uh, their charges are conspiracy so Mm -hmm. that could be all of us that could be That could be me uh, to say that I'm I'm conspiring because I'm questioning the supposed reality of the mainstream narrative.
1: Right. Real. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Excellent points. So what we have, and and we can share this link on this document so people can read it. And this is just one example, but this is you know sections of it are being taken and republished everywhere, and they even have infographics to be shared. Um, so they are saying we have this mental health issue and I know, Ed, you know, and I can see areas where this is going and I want to get into psychedelics, but first, um, Ed, you had pulled up, um, from the white house, the document. Um, yeah, so, so this is something that they're pushing, like you said, if you want to talk about that, what, you know, on the children, but also in other areas. And there's a lot of money pouring into this for good reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can see this coordinated push. And uh, by showing the people the um, the European Union's version of the same thing that we're doing over here with the Biden regime, you can see that it's really the entire West that this push is happening, not just here in America. But it's by the media, it's by the Biden regime, by government. And by intelligence agencies and they're getting the medical industrial complex involved as well by on the mental health aspect of it so when you read something to the effect of biden's announcement on a national mental health crisis and we're going to pour all of this money into mental health because we've created the crisis by locking people down and pitting groups against each other and enabling this right but uh, and
1: go ahead They they also used this to, uh, to push, to get tons of money and funding. As I covered in my nine part report on social emotional learning, they used mental health during COVID in order to push through, um, additional legislation and funding to schools and, you know, states and schools everywhere to push the social emotional learning agenda. So Mm -hmm. yeah, they're using it on a lot of fronts.
0: Yeah, and I first of all, I think it's hilarious that our uh, the resident of the White House, currently with mental health issues himself, is issuing a national (laughs) mental health crisis. But that aside, the you know obvious joke and hypocrisy aside, um, this is clearly an agenda for them. And as with every single agency and agenda of this regime, it is weaponized against the political enemies of the regime, whether it's the DOJ, the FBI, the National Archives. Mm Whoever thought the National Archives was going to be weaponized, but here we are. And so even when you see something like something as benign as a mental health crisis announcement and wanting to do all of these initiatives to help people with mental health, because I think we can all admit that there is some mental health issues going on in this country and around the world, but you have to ask yourself under the This regime, how is it being weaponized? And, of course, they're pouring money into all kinds of community outreach and especially the school systems. Um, And then also, um, this just came out. So there's a a, a task force, a U.S. task force course that has now announced that um, they're going to be screening for anxiety um, in adults. Just basically anybody that comes into the doctor, doctors are going to be regularly screening you <laughs> for anxiety. Of course, you're going to end up on some sort of list, and who knows what happens after that. But I think that they're trying to push this narrative, this goes along with the right-wing extremism of it being a mental health crisis of which we now have to address under the same sort of um, tyranny, that medical tyranny that we saw during COVID, we're going to now attack the right-wing extremism, mental health issue with the same type of medical tyranny.
1: That is the way I'm reading into it. Here's a key point. This, So people are going to get hung up on, well, we need to fight this. We need to combat this. We need to make sure people aren't falling for this. People aren't believing this. This is not, this particular, in my opinion, is not about information warfare. This is about them laying the groundwork and establishing their justification for why they're going to come at us in the future in the ways in which they're going to come at us. They need to like lay that groundwork out and say, look, we already declared them two years ago, mentally ill. We all know this now. And it doesn't matter what anyone in this world believes because <laughs> they're just trying to justify their actions and make sure that they've got the, the paper trail to show it. Yeah. So I just, you know, I don't know as far as combating this, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um
2: If I can add, like now that oh, now that we've tortured you and messed you up, let's offer you some mental health uh, perks or um, avenues to to get you help, but at the same time, stigmatize you if we need to keep that if we need to like, oh, this person's mentally ill. Let's also remember in 2020 when they created the one eight hundred suicide number in advance before anything had happened. I think it was part of the either the Heroes or the the CARES Act. They had already put in place a one eight hundred suicide number because they were uh-huh. anticipating all the people. And on the mainstream news they just featured a 13 year old committing suicide. Uh,
1: it's awful yeah, oh.
0: cre- create the problem so then we can swo- swoop in with our solution. That's the same thing over and over and over again. I see the mental health issue being weaponized against political opponents because you don't see – I would imagine you don't see much of these uh kids who are experiencing gender dysphoria in record numbers getting the type of mental health care that they need. It's all just affirmation and let's go and have let's butcher. let's butcher butcher the kid and
1: sterilize Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. so edge did
1: you have two things you wanted to show before i get into the psychedelic part of this
0: yeah just reiterating that you know the um this whole right wing extremism narrative it's not just being pushed here in america this is happening everywhere in fact this just came out that german domestic intelligence is running hundreds of fake accounts, right-wing extremist social media accounts. This is an operation in order to entrap their political enemies. So hundreds of radical Nazis and right-wing extremists online are actually German domestic intelligence agencies, Mm -hmm. as they've admitted. And many of them have been responsible for inciting hatred and even violence. So the Germany's Federal Office of the For the protection of the constitution argues that these accounts are needed to effectively monitor the extreme right but critics (laughs) say that they may also be promoting promoting and actively encouraging radicalism so this is the future of information quote gathering instead of information creating right we're creating a narrative with all of these fake accounts However, Mm -hmm. the activities of this intelligence community running hundreds of right-wing extremist accounts have come to light at the same time that Germany's left-wing government has labeled right-wing extremism the biggest threat to the country, despite the data showing that left-wing extremists and radical Islam poses bigger threats. So does that sound familiar? OK, this is running exactly parallel with the rhetoric of the Biden administration and right. targeting more than half of America as right wing extremists who are threats to democracy. So and then we just had this week come out. I mean, we've had FBI whistleblower after whistleblower coming out, I think. um yeah. Uh, Jim Jordan said that uh, over 14 whistleblowers have have come through his office. Ron Johnson's had several. Chuck Grassley's had several. I mean, a a big portion of the FBI is defecting and going and, and speaking out against the Biden regime for the kind of things that they're doing. And this whistleblower that came out and just filed a complaint with the DOJ inspector general revealed that the um, D.C. field office is basically cooking the books or creating a a fake amount of domestic terrorism threats exaggerating those threats in order to prop up this fake narrative that right-wing extre- extremism is the biggest threat in the country
1: mm-hmm. unbelievable. unbelievable unbelievable yeah so so one of the ways in which they are going to this is something i've just been kind of monitoring over the last several months um and it has to do with psychedelics. So <laughs> I'm sure there's not a lot out on the uh A lot of people talking about this, but this has been on my radar because they are wanting to use, uh, if you scroll down edge, I don't know why that's showing up blank on your end, but um, so uh, Johns Hopkins, okay, I'm sure this will come as no shock has the center for psychedelic and consciousness research. And, I'm just going to read a little bit of this. So, they're deeply committed to exploring innovative treatments for our patients. Our scientists have shown that psychedelics have real potential as medicine, and this new center will help us explore that potential. So, scientists today are entering a new era of study, or, sorry, studying a truly unique class of pharmacological compounds known as psychedelics. Although research with these compounds was first started in the 50s and 60s, it abruptly ended in the early 70s in response to unfavorable media coverage, resulting in misperceptions of risk and highly restrictive regulations.
0: Hold on. What happened in the 70s with psychedelics? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. K-Ultra. <laughs> huh. And those yep. hearings. Yeah. That, yep. got, that got exposed. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Move on.
1: So after a decades-long hiatus in 2000, our research group at Johns Hopkins was the first to obtain regu- regulatory approval in the United States to re-initiate research with psychedelics and healthy psychedelic-naive volunteers. Interesting phrase. Yeah. 2006 publication on the safety and enduring positive effects of a single dose of, oh boy, how do I say it? So, Psilocybin. So- psilocybin psilocybin is widely considered the landmark study that sparked a renewal of psychedelic research worldwide so if we go over to the forbes article on this edge they say in may the journal uh nature medicine published findings from a study on mdma oh gosh methylenedioxy dioxy methamphetamine commonly known as ecstasy or molly the first phase three cl- clinical trial conducted with psychedelic assisted therapy found that mdma combined with psychological counseling yielded marked relief to patients with severe post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. in april a study published in the new england journal of medicine highlighted the benefits of treating depression with psil- psilocybin the psychoactive ingredient in magic mushrooms have excited scientists, psychotherapists, and entrepreneurs in the rapidly expanding field of psychedelic medicine. Mm. Our studies suggest substantial rapid and enduring antidepressant effects of psilocybin assisted therapy among patients with major depressive order. The FDA granted psilocybin breakthrough therapy designation. And S ketamine if I'm saying that right, was approved by the FDA on March 5th, 2019 for treatment resistant depression. Mm. Uh, so, so this goes on and on. And, um, I'm sure that anyone who, you know, listens to us and follows our work knows exactly where this is going. Uh, if we go over to the Yahoo one, they talk about the 10 best, um, psychedelic companies to watch. Um, Funny, they only they only actually list like six on here. But Celos Therapeutics, Haven Life Sciences, Mind Medicine Inc., Mind Medicine, uh, Numinous Wellness Inc., Thai Life Sciences, and and there's others. So, I mean, I've looked in Crunchbase on this. There's a lot of investments, a lot of money rolling into this, and I find it interesting as to how it coincides, you know, the fact that John Hopkins is spearheading this. And I think, my God, how are they going to train, right? How are they going to train all of these therapists with this new method of treatment to where your patient's going to be tripping balls on the couch and you're supposed to guide them through this. And we know, I mean, some of these like shrooms can last hours and hours and hours. So now think of MKUltra, Ultra. Think of mind manipulation and influencing and mind control. Uh, I just do not see this as a good method moving forward. But the FDA is already on board approving this, and so this is something I want people to pay attention to and watch for, um, because, and I'm I'm not saying I mean I think you know we all lived back in the day during psychedelics and all, and it was good fun recreational, but. When uh, once again, you look at who's spearheading this, and this mm-hmm. opens the doors for some really um, scary, messed up stuff, yeah. And yeah. so, this series came out, um, and we're just going to play like half the trailer, but this series came out on Hulu called Uh Nine Perfect Strangers, which, of course, Nicole Kidman, their poster child, for pushing it, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but here wait, hit pause edge cuz I want you to actually turn the volume on when we play it. Um so uh my parents actually have access to this. So I wanted to watch it and see it's it's a series. I wanted to see what they were pushing, right? Because I already knew she's in this. This is all about microdosing and psychedelics for therapy treatment, but she's like this, this guru and this goddess that they come to, to um help them. And they don't realize that she's microdosing them. And, and so it's laid out in a way where they show how it could get kind of scary and you got to be careful. And Nicole Kidman keeps saying, don't worry, this is safe. Don't worry, this is safe. And wow. these wonderful, magical things happen for these people, you know, these wonderful epiphanies and connections they make and And so I knew when I saw this. After tracking the whole psychedelics thing, this is just another push for that. So if you want to, if you want to go ahead and play that,
0: okay. Is this a good spot to start it up?
1: Sure.
3: Okay. Pictus. What do you mean she picked us? We complement each other's demons. not sure
2: I'm
1: really supposed to be here.
2: My vote is give this thing a shot. Open up a new door.
1: Some doors are meant to stay closed.
2: Yeah, it could be a real shit show. What the hell do I know, right? This is, this is particularly volatile, group. Let's start the protocol. I don't think they're ready.
1: <laughs> it's perfectly safe been feeling unlike myself. The wheels starting to fall. She picked nine people who needed to be in a place where they would try anything she wanted. Have
3: you all gone mad?
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing to fear, because this Change
1: everything. This
2: is where I want to be. Is Masha Batchett or is she the real deal?
1: This is all I need.
2: Yeah. So I have so much to say here. Go ahead, say it all. <laughs> okay, so when when you're looking into Tavistock and you realize that Woodstock was an operation when the counterculture was an operation and you put that into context it's very interesting the timing of this there was a story last week that they're finding lithium in the water in new york and that it's they positioned it the, the title as oh the lithium may inadvertently be helping push down people who are suicidal so oh that's God. an actual that's an actual headline. Of course, this there's maps that they've been studying psychedelics. I have many friends that microdose, let's say mushrooms, um, or ayahuasca, which I've done, and ayahuasca has helped me. But of course, there's a shaman, and it's not commercialized, and you have to have a sense of self awareness if you are going to take any of these um substances and i'm more prone to reach for a plant than anything synthetic and i wonder if big pharma is going to synthesize um in san francisco it's interesting that they've banned tobacco products like vapes but yet they've legalized i think mushrooms I, i think it's legal now in san francisco oh really Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this was a couple of weeks ago that they legalized um, mushrooms. So it's
0: interesting it is interesting the big pharma connection because yeah i mean big pharma is not going to get involved unless there is some way that they can patent it and own it so of course it's going to be a synthetic version of anything it's never going to be natural yeah
1: It it definitely is and just look at the investors and everything in big pharma and you'll see but go ahead continue yeah
2: so so that it makes that's a big thing if you're taking mushrooms microdosing it directly from nature but now doesn't that defeat the entire purpose if you're gonna you know why would could someone do LSD i wouldn't be gra- gravitate to LSD cuz it's synthetic as opposed to mushrooms on top of that everybody's brain chemistry is different and you have to have a sense of of self and know what it is you're doing i mean i would rather natural substance than alcohol I don't drink alcohol I think it's a very low level vibration and yet it's so accepted in our society so this is along the lines of a brave new world Mm -hmm. take a soma you know you don't like uh, real real player one just pop a soma and all is okay
0: Right. Yeah. And just to add to that, um, I was going to say that along with this agenda to really sort of medically diagnose everybody and get everybody into this big pharma medical industrial complex, you're completely dependent on us for whatever your your needs are, whether it's anxiety and depression or COVID or whatever the next emergency is, but we just want you all locked into the system one way or another. But also the the side of it where we want to diagnose, you know, half of the population who we consider to be right-wing extremists as having some sort of mental health issue that now we can lump into this health emergency and use that sort of COVID tyranny, that same COVID tyranny against them. But also there is this factor where um, it, it reminds me of the World Economic Forum's darling and lead advisor on this whole fourth industrial revolution, the whole transhumanist aspect of the great reset of mankind, Yuval Harari. And he talks about in this segment right here about how once the fourth industrial revolution isn't goes into effect and what he means by that is uh, basically we're now through this high risk research you know we're bioengineering minds and bodies so there's going to be these this whole segment of the population left behind nothing that we can do with them what are we going to have to do with them well we're just going to drug them up and give them video games and so maybe this whole psychedelic <clears throat> push is another way of, again, appeasing the populace and keeping them dumbed down, keeping them distracted because uh, we're not going to need them. They're what Yuval Harari in the World Economic Forum would consider useless that needs to be drugged up. So can I just play this, real, this clip real quick? Yeah. It's just about a minute or so long.
3: Pollution of the 19th century what humanity basically learned to produce was all kinds of stuff like textiles and shoes and weapons and and vehicles. And this was enough for very few countries that underwent the revolution fast enough to subjugate everybody else. What we're talking about now is like a second industrial revolution But the product this time will not be textiles or machines or vehicles or even weapons. The product this time will be humans themselves. We are basically learning to produce bodies and minds. Bodies and minds are going to be, I think, the two main products of the next wave of all these uh, uh, changes. And if there is a gap between those that know to produce bodies and minds and those that do not then this is far greater than anything we saw before in, in history. And this time, if you're not part of the revolution fast enough, then you probably become, become extinct. Once you know how to produce bodies and brains and minds, so cheap labor in Africa or South Asia or wherever, it, it simply counts for nothing. Again, I think that the biggest question in, in maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades will be what to do with all these useless people. I don't think we have an economic model for that. My best guess, which is just a guess, is that uh, food will not be a problem. Uh, With that kind of technology, you will be able to produce food to feed everybody. The problem is more uh, boredom and what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless. My best guess at present? is a combination of drugs and computer games
1: wow I've how seen... to even unpack that right <laughs> my right. god Woo. right out of his mouth mm-hmm. he, he, you know that's how they see us these people i mean so i'm working on this big ass report right now that i was hoping to have done by um today but that's you know <laughs> a few more days probably And, uh, these people live in a whole other world than us. They are, many of them are untouchable. Many of them have immunities. They, uh, it's, it's mind blowing. And what, what I'm unraveling in this is just mind blowing. And so these people live in this totally just dark, seductive, powerful, mindset where we are we are useless to them we are all feeders we are just occupying space and they either want to get rid of us or use us as guinea pigs for their advantage it's it's really quite something right
0: and you can see how they're using the whole mental health aspect as an avenue to do that and um i know that we wanted to spend some time talking about um this whole shadowland documentary that you are a part of miriam and mm-hmm. give your take on it um i can just play this as you kind of cue it up well, and tell us go ahead i was gonna me. say
1: let's play it with the volume on first yeah. and then okay. we're turning it over to you and we want to hear your your story on all of this because i know there was there's a <laughs> there's a story here yeah. so okay okay
3: cue it up A conspiracy theory is a theory that there is someone bigger that is pulling the strings.
2: There are wealthy, powerful families that control everything. The Nazis aren't coming, they're here! Our elections were stolen.
0: You devil-worshipping Satan is a witch! The rule of law in this country
1: has been eliminated. There's money to be made here.
2: People are dying that don't need to. They are trying to manufacture anger. I lost everything I ever worked for.
1: I miss my dad all the time. This is really pulling people in. I'm never going to talk to him again. So, I know you know I haven't had the opportunity to watch any of it yet, um, but no. just in watching the ninety second trailer, I was like, "Holy cow, this is the biggest psychological spin against us, turning you and others into victims, essentially, and I know that's not how you went into this, so tell us tell us about this, thank
2: you, so." Ironically, I started my career at MSNBC, so I worked for the Peacock. Um, I was approached by a producer that kind of, I guess, was looking up to me when she was still a student in, in J school, and she came to a screening of Vanishing of the Bees. And I, I kept tabs on on her career, and as I was getting more centered, I noted, oh, You're working for Vice, Vice that started in Montreal, which I started like, you know, initially all of these. I used to aspire to write for The Atlantic, which was this. This is co-produced with The Atlantic. We were never told that The Atlantic, that they're basing this series on um, a written six part series. Apparently, I knew that Joe Berlinger was was the executive producer and he he'd done some things that were not a smear job. So I decided to do this because I refuse to be silenced and I'm grateful for anyone that gives me an opportunity to speak and I thought this would be my way. uh, All all publicity is good publicity and they stated that they would make sure to um, honor our story and so they followed me for four or five months and then I saw the trailer and realize that this is part of the Atlantic Festival. It was premiered yesterday evening. And the irony, knowing my work against the pandemic impresario, aka Fauci, um that there was a soiree looking at his legacy and then they broke for happy hour and then they showed the screening. And When I made Vanishing of the Bees, I flew my beekeepers all the way to the United Kingdom when we premiered there. We were never invited, so... Joe Berlinger says, I want to be, you want to have empathy. You're either an empath or you're a flaming narcissist. For (laughs) one, you don't want to be empathetic. Second, we wanted to to not attack them. But dude, you didn't invite any of us. And then the irony of all ironies is that the festival was brought to you by Pfizer. Like, are you kidding me? Literally, (laughs) one of the sponsors is Big Pharma.
1: Yeah, Uh, I saw a news clip of him yesterday, just real short. And he was saying some of the things you're saying, but then he concluded it with, you know, like wanting to understand their beliefs, wanting to understand these false. And then he called them all false. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to understand, but I'm going to mark them all as false.
2: Yeah. You want to know, Joe, give me a call. (laughs) Uh, You never met with me. Or ask me. Plus, like, can, these are supposed film producers on IMDb, they're all eggs. They don't have their face. Second of all, it's like, oh Joe, have you made a film that's been shown around the world and won awards, translated in 13 languages? So I'm a real filmmaker. And I'm been I'm used as a prop. And and then I didn't consider whoever else is in the series. If they're not a hundred percent real, I don't, I don't know, then that bodes well on me but now i've seen it didn't i i was thinking people i would get followers people would find me but they've made sure not to let that happen and they kind of use my name but they don't use my name so i have not seen it i'm just gonna see it tonight with zach uh, we're both gonna cringe and watch it together <laughs> um, well, and they
1: didn't they didn't even uh state that you're an investigative journalist, right?
2: I do not believe so. I, I don't know in the first. I think that they focused on my relationship with Zach, which is ex- to be expected. And they caught me at a time where I literally was a second class The day I became a second class citizen, unvaccinated vermin in in uh, <laughs> in San Francisco, I, I bought a one- way ticket to Florida. so that that spot where you see me crying they now i also see two times uh, and i've worked as a production assistant producer on reality shows back when i was part of vapid hollywood um but to be part of a spin and see like i'm crying over zach over a boy and they also prodded me where on two occasions um I'll, i'll just share one occasion which is in the, the series. I think it's in episode two. I'm at the biohacking conference and I'm waiting to speak and interview Dave Asprey, who I've been on his show before. I'm a biohacker. I sell his goods on my on Honey Colony. And there was a chick that was working, works at the cafe. There's a, a biohacking cafe in Los Angeles. And she was also working with PR. And just I I know the camera was there but I was just being myself and I'm like so how does it work you ask people for a vaccine card that are coming but they they follow Dave Asprey it's kind of like doesn't make sense and she was quiet and then she she goes I'm not comfortable answering that and then they come back and they go you're not allowed to speak to Dave Asprey so then I tell the crew Wait a second, you didn't know even who Dave Asprey was before I introduced you, you get to interview him. And now I'm canceled from, you know, I started crying because I do have, I'm an empath. And I, I do have cancel PTSD from all the times I've been rejected and canceled. And uh, I'm not the only one. My girlfriend who wrote is also a bona fide journalist, also, it's just not the same. I used to get paid $2 a word. And now it's like, please take this free, brilliant um, work. So that's, that this is, we'll see. I'll, I'll watch it tonight hesitantly.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can, you can see just by the trailer. I mean, they're, they're literally saying, I think towards the end of it, that um, these co- people that are putting out conspiracies have divided this nation right Uh, yeah we're the ones who have torn this nation apart and so yeah it's i'm so sorry you went had to experience that because i have
2: to take responsibility i did it go ahead sorry
1: no no it's just you know it's it's a shame that i mean so on on one hand so this is now this is for streaming so only people that uh access this isn't on regular peacock like regular cable this is just streaming right right so i mean
2: (sighs) you can see the comments Corey. you could you could see the comments that they're gonna have to shut them down because they're not favorable towards the network it's too bad though that you're parading this as real filmmaking that you really think you're a filmmaker when Mm -hmm. you're when you're setting someone up when you're taking them out of context and uh and and not giving them the benefit of the doubt without long form to really like you really want to have a conversation why didn't you invite me to your festival
1: right i think they've already probably removed a bunch of comments because it looks like there's only about 20 or 30 comments sitting there right now and you know there would be a lot more than that so they're probably already removing them (laughs)
2: <laughs> and and that no one's come to find me on Twitter, which was what I was hoping, because I'm so upset they, more than anything, not 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 having a presence, but taking my data and someone would be like, well, why are you posting your data? I was backing it up on on the thread app. And I thought all my reports because I was online 12 hours a day posting archives, posting interviews just blow by blow. So for me as a professional researcher, that was my own archive that I could be like, oh, remember when you did that dig on Songbird 2023 um, right. last year? But I, I can't go back. Someone helped me retrieve my tweets, but it's it's that it's now come to a point where we can't step. There, there's no way to be restored. I was hoping to be restored, which I see now is a fantasy and it makes me laugh when these controlled opposition figures like who is Andrew Tate that he's your censored buddy uh, spare me um, right these people that come out of nowhere that's my backup so I say you know if you want to support my abusive relationship with Twitter
1: you <laughs> can... <laughs> at, at the what is it now b-lady you yeah, have numbers after it but I can't see it B lady
2: 17 that's on twitter
1: and then what is it on gab you're on gab too
2: i'm on i'm lady b on gab um i i've kind of i have help with social media meaning at my team but i just i feel pretty um just saddened i just kind of uh,
1: well, you've been booted off of almost every single platform plus banks and Uber and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, they've completely screwed with your, t- with your livelihood. And, you know, we've, I've, like, I was telling Edge before we started, I mean, we've all been censored to the hilt, but you've definitely been.
2: And why is that? Right. Really hard. Someone, someone, an influencer said, well, you're not that big. That's right, honey. Cause they made sure I'm not that big. <laughs> Am I missing anything? And I can't string a sentence together? I I well, I am I could inspire people because I'm be like, I'm 49. I learned how to walk again. I reversed lupus. You can do it. That yeah. They don't want that. They don't want real inspirational. And I think it's because of Bayer. I think that when I made the film and I had someone who was an entomologist at the time that went on to work for Monsatan, which is now Bayer. They said you better watch your tires, and I was naive. It's just like with George Floyd. Did I expect to find what I found? It was more like, why are they lying? Why is the media lying? And the stuff that I have found, I, I have to keep safe. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, just want. And I think you, for instance, you've been censored, but I had not cultivated a, a presence. Um, I was, I was busy. Um, playing whack-a-mole when they came after me for selling, being one of the first online to sell CBD, and um, so I was dealing with attacks in 2017, and I never built a brand, um, my YouTube channel, and then I was giving a talk, and I posted the talk, and they took me down, and now what they do is they don't let me go over four thousand. yeah Yeah. they play with people in different ways and i tell people they tailor their torture specifically to you so no i don't know what you personally have confronted as far as like constant roadblocks right just Mm -hmm. constant uphill battle like playing syphysis.
1: like oh that on top of the constant you know hacking attempts and um Yeah. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. I mean, I spent 16 days with my tech guy in town having to set up robust firewalls to, I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail, but let's just say shit was hitting the fan every single day. It was a nightmare. I, I had to drain my savings account just to take care of all of that. It was a nightmare like what we go through to get this information out. And that's why it's not about the following or the fame or any wow. of that. It's we get so pissed because we're so passionate about getting this information out to people. And then they shut us down or constantly cock block us. And it's, yes. it's very frustrating.
2: Yes. And that's what I mean. You're, you're, you can attest to your own personal roadblocks that are shaped for you. Mm-hmm. Um and I have my own my my girlfriend who's a journalist. Uh, I I don't know about you, sharp edge, but it's it's um it, it's all it's just constant damage control when mm-hmm. all you want to do is put out information and inspire and educate people um to to not be victims and to take and so there's. There's people. There is victimization. I tell people it's not what happens to you, but what you do with what happens to you. And that I keep on getting up, and they might must think like, "Oh, this chick's a cockroach." Um, <laughs> I just, I just refuse to be silenced. And right. perhaps I was foolish to think that I could be restored with with this series.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah, I can see how anybody can get duped thinking, look, we're going to they're going to actually tell my story because there is a lot to say. And, um, you know, I can personally attest to the censorship and the attacks. I mean, I was on Twitter. um, I got taken down around the same time that Trump was taken down. The freaking president of the United States was taken down. So if they can do it to him, they can do it to anybody. And yeah, I'm not... I guess I should be bitter. I had 140,000 subscribers on Twitter. That's all gone. I had to rebuild all of that. But for me, it was never about the fame. It was never about the notoriety. It was always about getting the message out. And so I've reestablished myself in other places, such as Gab and Truth. But you know, people ask, "Why are we on YouTube?" Because they, you know, censor everybody. They're awful. They're part of the, you know, the regime and the control of the narrative. I understand that, but we. We need to have, the, the, we need to reach people right. that are on the other side or are still contemplating or have just the tiniest ounce of critical thinking and are willing to, to listen and when you start segregating groups, um, the people who were banned off of Twitter versus the people who are still on Twitter, and they're now the enemies, and, you know, you have all this sort of segregation on social media between the conservatives and the liberals, and makes um, there be no discourse, absolutely no discourse. And so it, it they're actually building this hatred um, mm-hmm. between sides and making things more extreme when and they would have been much much more um centered had people been able to have dialogue um on the, a singular platform without censorship um uh, but they don't care about that at no. all they yeah. simply care about controlling the narrative and suppressing anyone who ever ever contradicts that narrative
2: i think that the dividing and is part of the the plan they're fragmenting the focus. And also when when we were on Twitter and we had groups, then it's like, look at the, I love cross pollinating and collaborating. And and we were a group where we could go and look, I have this puzzle piece. Oh, I have this puzzle piece. And then we're putting the truth together. I
1: so miss and that. Me too. <laughs> yep, yeah. I miss that. Tell everyone all the places they can find you right now and how they can support you.
2: Thank you, both ladies. I, I I listen to you every week, and so it's an honor. Two years from being in the jungle to now being <laughs> on the show, and so thank you. You can find me. I have um, a show on Rockfin on Fridays at eleven o'clock called "Truth Lives Here" on Rockfin, and I'm Lady B on Gab. I'm B Lady Seventeen on um, on Twitter. And I'm working on a project regarding a, a documentary and a book, which will be published by Logo Sophia regarding the George Floyd debacle. And that will, yes, George Floyd review. I I really please help me get the the truth out. I raised the million dollars to make Vanishing of the Bees, and I'm not even able to raise fifteen thousand. I'm stuck at like 4,000 and I'm working with Sean Hibbler to make the documentary. It's going to be awesome. And the book is called, thank you, Corey, or, or, or or, I don't know if it's you sharp edge.
1: The
2: the book is called George Floyd, a multi-layered PSYOP Examined. I know that a lot of people have George Floyd fatigue, but this is the event that ushered in a color revolution. There's another trial around the corner and uh and
1: i want to add that because she gets really excited when she has new findings and and tells me (laughs) about them there's a lot of stuff in here that nobody knows about so so there's there's some serious backstory to all of this
2: absolutely yes i'm sitting on stuff that i question the safety of my life (laughs) i i've i've now recently connected Derek Chauvin to the World Economic Forum. I, it's it's a, it's not a strong link, but it's it's there. And this will be the juiciest book out there on this PSYOP. So, yes, please support the truth. And, uh, yeah, thank you both, ladies. Yes, yeah, and
0: so you can um, connect um, with Miriam. Is the best way for people to go to your website where they can catch all of this stuff? So, Miriam yes. Hanain H-E-N-E-I-N dot com.
1: Yes. Thank you. Yes. I awesome. Also... Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, Miriam. It was really a pleasure speaking with you. Loved the conversation. Guys, please be sure to share this podcast. Please be sure to check out Miriam's website and all of the links oh. in that website on ways to connect with her. We are on BitChute Foxhole Gab TV iHeartRadio Odyssey Pilled. Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.